Good morning, Good News Church. My name is Kevin, and I will be reading this morning's passage. If you will, please stand with me for the reading of God's Word. This morning, we will be reading from Luke chapter 8, verses 40 through 56. It says, On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, the whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. He told him, your daughter is dead. There is no use troubling the teacher now. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Have faith and she will be healed. When they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, James, and the little girl's father and mother. The house was filled with people weeping and wailing, but he said... Stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew that she had died. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, My child, get up. And at that moment, her life returned, and she immediately stood up. Then Jesus told, him, told, told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were overwhelmed, but Jesus insisted that they not tell anyone what had happened. Let's pray. God, we thank you, Lord, for, for how good you are. We thank you for who you are, God, for what you do, God, that you do the same things that you've been doing for thousands of years, God, even in this very room today, right now, God. Lord, I ask that the Holy Spirit would move and that you would, you would touch people in ways that they've never been touched by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thanks so much, Kevin. Can we give him a hand? Kevin's one of our leaders, actually, in, in Emanate, and uh, it is Kevin and other leaders like him that allow for us to do what we're doing. So you see him in the hallways, give him a high five, say, way to go, K-Money, is what we like to call him. So, uh, but today, I want to talk to you guys about faith when hope runs out. Faith when hope runs out. And I got a quick question. Anybody here ever uh, missed a flight, missed an airplane flight? Anybody? Yeah? And uh, there's not a whole lot that's like more embarrassing than showing up to the gate and they're being like, sorry, too late. And that's what happened to our first family vacation. I'm a teenager and uh, we're going and we got this layover in Denver as we're headed to California. And my uh, my my sister has to go to the bathroom and it's like, can't you wait? No, I can't wait. We got, I got to go. Okay. So half the family continues on. They get on the plane. Half the family stays in, 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 I'm part of the family that, that, that's waiting for my sister. And, uh, it's my, myself, my sister, my mom, and my dad, and, uh, two other siblings and grandma get on the plane. 
Anyway, we go over right as they're shutting the doors. Right as they're shutting the doors, we're like, hey, hey, just open them right back up. We got our tickets. We'll, we'll go. Sorry. No, 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 no. Like, and my mom's like, my children are on that plane. I am going in. And they would not budge. They would not budge. And, uh, and, and so we missed our flight. But uh, everybody, everybody has a uh, missing flight story. And so we, I, I guess my dad decided that wasn't a good enough story. Uh, because as we're waiting for our second flight, uh, he is still out and about in the terminal with my sister. And uh, as, as they are closing the doors for our second flight. And, uh, and, and I'm sitting there and my mom's looking for, for, for my, my dad. And, uh, and, and, and I'm sitting there just like this, no, no way, this is not going to happen. And, and, and I see them starting to close the doors. And at the same time, my mom sees my dad. And so what does she do? Richard! And she begins running, screaming at the top of her lungs down the terminal. They shut the doors as she's yelling. And I'm like, mom, just stop. Look at my neighbor. Who's that crazy lady? Man, aren't you holding her purse? Maybe, maybe, maybe I am. Uh, and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm trying like, I don't know why I'm going, mom, why are you doing this? They've already shut the doors. No need to yell and make a fool of yourself. The hope for us making this flight has passed as much as we make in the last flight. And so luckily we made our third flight. We made it to California and, uh, my siblings, uh, they, they survived and they, they were all right as well. So, uh, but this is, these, these are these situations that you get when, when hope runs out and, uh, in, in our hope for making both of those flights at the second, those doors were shut was gone. And we see two circumstances here in this passage about hope running out. The first one being with the bleeding woman. And if you just uh, want, want to step into her shoes for a little bit, essentially what's going on about uh, she, she 12 years before had developed uh, it, a condition where essentially what was going on, what most likely was a menstrual bleed, never stopped. Never stopped. And so uh, a week, two weeks, and, and, and you got to imagine that she's, okay, what's going on? We got we to gotta check this out. We got to figure out what's going on. We got to go to a doctor. And, 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 at, and the hope for this ending is really high. Like, okay, this is just like, we got to go to a doctor real quick. That doctor can't figure it out. Okay, that doctor probably just doesn't know what he's doing. And so let's go to the next one. And, and every doctor visit... It, it, it says that uh, in, in Mark's gospel, that every doctor visit, she'd spend all her money and it would only get worse. It would only get worse. And so she, she had this, this problem that the, the more that she would hope, the more she'd be disappointed. And if you just imagine this over the first year, third, three years, five years, six years. And, and by, by this time, you got to imagine that at the very least she's going, man, this is, this might just be forever. 
this just might, this might be something, but certainly by 12 years, 12 years of dealing with this, this condition is as much a part of her as her left arm. It is, it is just who she is. It's just what she deals with. The hope for seeing this thing pass left years ago. And the, the, the worst part about this is that, uh, yes, that could be a, a private condition, a private concern, but in, in the culture of being clean and unclean, during the bleed, she, she, as long as she's bleeding, she is not clean. She can't worship God. She can't take part in the festivals, in the celebrations. She can't party with her friends. And in fact, she, if, if she touches anybody, they become unclean too. And they have to go through a cleansing process where they can't do any of those things for the rest of the day. And, and it doesn't stop there. Leviticus says, if she touches anything, that item becomes unclean and either has to be destroyed or cleaned. And one step further, if anybody touches anything that she touched, they too become unclean. Can you imagine the barrier? Can you imagine the quarantined exiled life that this woman's living? That for 12 years, her whole job in life is to avoid everybody. I can't, I can't fathom this. I can't fathom what she's going through. And, and, and to have this lifestyle for 12 years, all hope has gone. The second situation is with Jairus. And uh, he, his daughter gets suddenly sick. And, uh, and, and, and she's dying and he's looking at her and he's going, she is not doing well. She is certainly not going to make it through the day. She may not make it another hour, but there's still hope. I heard Jesus is in town. Let's go. I'm going to run servant. You watch. I'm going to run. I'm going to go get Jesus. Jesus, hurry. My daughter, she's sick. She needs healed. Come on, follow me, follow me. And, and, and he takes it. Jesus gets, get, gets distracted with this bleeding woman. And he's like, come on, do that later. My daughter is in need. And, and as Jesus is finishing up talking to the bleeding woman, he sees his servant coming. And seeing the servant walking slowly and, and morbid. And no, 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 no. You can't. Don't tell me. Don't open your mouth. Don't tell me. The servant says, she died. She's gone. You don't have to bother the teacher anymore. Leave him be. The hope is gone. The situation has ended. These two people, what we see is, is when, when hope runs out, there still was faith. And they had faith when, when everything else, when, not, when, when nothing else made sense, everything else was coming against them, when everybody else would say, your circumstance, the situation's done, it's canceled, she died, it, it's, it's over. Faith still stood. And what we see here is, is three, three characteristics of this undying faith. What I want to do is I want to see us being a church with this kind of faith. With the faith that believes for, for, for the incredible. That when, when hope runs out, 
there's still faith. And, and this is, the first characteristic of the three of this undying faith is that faith believes. Faith believes. This is the idea of, of faith believing in things that make no sense. Faith believing in things that just it, it, no one else sees. And, and that's what's going on with the bleeding woman here. Uh, in, in Mark 5, it talks about how uh, she actually, this was not like a thing that she touched him and suddenly she was healed. And holy smokes, I wasn't expecting that. This was something, if we can pull it up, Mark 5, 28. And, uh, and, and it says, this is a premeditated thought. And, and it says that uh, she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed. And I imagine her sitting there and she's in, 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 and she is trying to stay away from everybody. And she's trying to avoid all the people. And there's this huge crowd gathering around Jesus. And holy smokes, Jesus is walking with Jairus. Everybody knows who Jairus is. He's the city-wide pastor. He's the leader of the city synagogue. And, 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 and they see him, holy smokes, there, something big must be happening. So everybody's gathering. Everybody's figuring out what's going on. And she's got to like stay away. But then she sees Jesus as he's walking. And he has this robe on with these white and blue tassels at the bottom. And she remembers that those tassels were, were created as a symbol of something. Numbers 15 talks about this. Numbers 15, 39. It says, and, and these tassels shall be for you to look at and remember all the commandments of the Lord to do them. Here it is, the key, not to follow after your own heart and your own eyes. What is it saying? It's saying when you see these, don't pay attention to what you know, how you feel, or what you see. Instead, follow God. Instead, have faith. And these faith tassels, she sees them and she goes, that's what I need. That's what I need. And I believe it. And she suddenly starts believing something that makes no sense. If only I could touch his robe, I would be healed. That makes no sense, right? But faith believes in, in, in things that no one else can see. Hebrews 11, 1. Hebrews 11, 1 says, now faith is the confidence in what you hope, in what we hope for and the insurance about what we do not see. See, faith sees things no one else sees. Faith stands on ground that no one else can stand on. Faith believes in things that no one else can believe. Faith believes in the unbelievable, right? Come on. This is, this is, this is the faith that, uh, that, that you see from Noah. Noah, as he spends a hundred years building an ark, building a giant boat on dry land. This is the faith that you see from Abraham as he lays his son on the altar. Nobody else sees. What in the world are you doing? It makes no sense to anybody else. But you know what God has spoken. And you know that God is faithful. This is the faith that we see through Joseph after he gets thrown into prison for the second time. This is what we see, uh, the, the faith that we see in Moses when he takes his staff and puts it into the Red Sea. This is the faith that we see from King David when he walks up, a little boy walks up to this giant warrior. And this, this is the same faith. Come on, church. Are you believe in this faith with me? Come on. 
This is the faith that Daniel had as he's being thrown into the lion's den. This is the faith that Peter had as he steps out of the boat and onto the water. It's a faith that makes no sense. It's a faith that sometimes just looks ridiculous. It looks a little bit crazy. And this faith is, is this is the type of faith it reminds me. It reminds me of who who here remembers Terry Urich. Yeah? Terry, and this is, this is the, she, she's the one who keeps coming to mind as, as, I've, as I've thought about this. And she is a woman with zealous faith. And she, she had a, uh, she, she had her, essentially her story is she went to the doctor and the doctor said, Terry, you have cancer. And if I remember right, it was pretty much everywhere. And it's, it is terminal and it's aggressive. And Terry, you got a couple months. That's it. Max, get your affairs in order, figure it out. So she got, she heard what the doctor said. And so she goes, okay, now I'm going to go ask God. I've heard what God says. I've heard what the doctor says. What does God say? And you know what God said? Nah, not yet. Not yet. Don't worry about it. And she, so she's got, uh, the doctor says a couple months. God says, not yet. And so she, she goes on and, and what does she do? She starts, she just starts living like normal. She, she's going on vacations. In fact, we have a, we believe campaign. And so what does she do? She leads a garage sale. She goes as, as she's dealing with all these health concerns, all these health problems. And, and she goes on, on prayer rallies in the area, all, all around the Midwest going, Hey, I'm going to, me and my husband, we're going to come and we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you. The woman who should be the one begging for prayer is praying for other people. It's crazy. And you know what she's doing? She's just waiting the whole time for God, for, for, for God to say. And she keeps asking God. And what? What? God says, no, not yet. Four years later, God still wasn't saying it's time. Four years. What is this? This is insane faith. The doctor could explain to her a thousand times. Look. Terry, this is what's going on in your body right now. Biologically, this is what's happening. And, and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You get all the logic in the world, all, 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 the, all, all the financial analysis that you can give that says this isn't possible. Every diagnosis a doctor can, a, a, a doctor can give, it does not stop this kind of faith. This faith believes, right? And I want to be a church that has this kind of faith to believe. Am I right? Come on. And so this is, uh, this is what we see first from the bleeding woman. We see this incredible faith that believes, but anytime that you believe in something and you truly believe in it, what happens, the natural reaction is the second key characteristic to undying faith. And that is that faith moves. When you believe in something, it changes the way you live. It changes the way you act. It changes what you do. And uh, it's kind of like, um, so my wife and I, when we got married, uh, I didn't tell her that, I, I just kind of slipped, uh, I'm a sleepwalker. And uh, she didn't know. And so uh, we saved ourselves for marriage. I want to encourage everybody in this room, pursue purity with everything in you. It is, it is this goal. And it's amazing how it's shaped our marriage. And, uh, and so the, the first time we, are, we, we share a bed is, is on our honeymoon. And we're on our honeymoon. And uh, I wake up 
And it's, it's one of the two times in my life where I've actually remembered sleepwalking and remembered what was going on. And so what happened is, is I'm dreaming that uh, I had scheduled someone to come in in the middle of the night and put, put flowers all over the room. And it was going to be just everywhere. And it's going to be amazing. I don't know where I thought I got the money from or why it wasn't weird to have someone sneak into our room in the middle of the night. But, but I, this is what, and, and so I'm laying there and I open up my eyes. There's no flowers. So I sit up and I go, where is he? Where's this guy who's supposed to bring the flowers? And, and I sit up and I go, where is he? And Morgan goes, huh? What? And, and I go, where are they? Where are they? Where is he? And I get out of bed and I'm looking around and I don't see flowers anywhere. I don't see a single petal and I'm mad. I am mad. And so I'm pacing around. And so I'm going I'm to go get him. I'm going to go get him. And I put on my shirt and, and, and I start and Morgan's like, Drew, 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 stop, stop. You're dreaming. Pay attention. And I look her dead in the eyes and I say, Morgan, I am not dreaming. As clear as day, I said it just like that because I'm like 60% awake-ish. And, uh, and, and so I, I get out and, and I go to the door and I, and I grab the door to, to leave the room and I turn around and I realize in my dream, the layout of the room was a little bit different. And I look back and I was like, oh. And I lay down and I go to sleep. And Morgan's sitting up going. What just happened? I married a crazy person. Is it too late? What's the cancellation policy on this thing? I got to get out of this. This is bad. And so luckily she is like so gracious and faithful. She didn't leave. And um, uh, even though I have continued to accidentally uh, like roll over and hit her in the night. And that was, that's bad. Other stories. Uh, anyway, so, the, but, but what it shows is that I woke up with a different belief, right? I woke up believing something and it changed the way I lived. It changed what I did. It changed how I acted, right? And that's what we see from this bleeding woman that she goes, think, just think about this. 12 years of dealing with this, being exiled, cast out. You can't do anything. You have, you have this problem. It's terrible. And then suddenly you get the revelation. All you got to do is touch that cloak. Just touch his robe. Done. So what does she do? She moves. She moves. And as, as this woman who is unclean and anybody she touches, she begins pushing people out of the way. And, and, and these, these, the, these people that are gathered around are all men. It is not, this is not a place being close to Jesus. That's not a place where women would go, where, where women were allowed to go. And so she's pushing her way through. She's touching all, she, she's making all these guys unclean. And, and, and she's just like ugh, squeezing her way through, fighting for it. And it says that Jesus was being crushed. So just imagine how tight it was. I, I think she, she just got down. She started crawling between legs. She's fighting over. There it is. There's the rope. There's the rope. Boom. Suddenly everything stopped. Jesus, who touched me? And he and he and he calls her out because faith moved her. But she wasn't the only one who was moved by faith. Jesus was as well. 
he calls her out. She tells him what, what happened and he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. There's one thing in all the gospels that we see Jesus being amazed at. It says Jesus was amazed. And the two situations are with, with the centurion who walks up and says, Jesus, my servant's sick. I don't need you to come. I know you're busy. You got things going on. So just like say it and I'm going to leave and I'm going to go find him healed. And Jesus is like, oh man, look at it. this faith is awesome. And then, and, and then the other time is when Jesus walks into Nazareth. And uh, all these people are like, I've seen you. I know you. You know when you see someone and you don't necessarily see them there. You see them as like the 14-year-old that you first met him as. And, uh, and they're like, I know. You're the carpenter's son. I know you. I'm not impressed. And he, it, says, it says he wasn't able to do much because they hadn't. And, and, and uh, where is it? It says uh, that Jesus was amazed here it is, Mark 6, 6. It says, he was amazed at their unbelief. Jesus is amazed at your faith. But look at the prayers that you've been praying over the last couple weeks, over the last month, and think to yourself, how would, how would Jesus respond to your faith? Is Jesus going to respond with, wow, Look at this. You got so much. Yes, I want to give this to you. This is amazing. Or is it bless your food and keep you, keep you from getting in a car accident on your way to work? Like, that's it? That's all, that's all you believe me for? Man. How, is he, how does he respond to your prayers? Because faith moves. Faith moves us. Faith moves moves God. And the third thing is faith believes, faith moves. And the third thing is faith trusts. Faith trusts. And this is, this is one of those messages that I know there are those of you in this room who are, who are going, man, Pastor Drew, this message. Yes, I, I, I believe it and I get it, but it's just kind of, it's kind of timed at a terrible, terrible time. Because uh, over the last month, we've lost a couple people here that, that mean a ton to this church. As recently as this last week, what do you do? Pastor Drew, what do you do with things like that? With Jacob, 10 months, we've believed. 10 months, we've moved. What do you say to that? And for me, it's the, the, the closest one to me was, was with Tracy. And on June 3rd, the, she experienced a brain aneurysm. And she's a single mother of one of the daughters in, 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 our, in the youth ministry, Emanate. And, and we're praying and we're believing. And if you get the all church emails, you probably got the email about it. Saying, pray, believe. And we all gather. We're believing. We're moving. We're doing it. But she didn't make it. And that week, she gets taken. And you say, Pastor Drew, we did it. We believed. We moved. We did. What, what else? What do you say to that? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I can't answer that. I don't, I don't get it. 
I don't get it. It's so frustrating and hard when it, to me, it just make, it makes so much sense. God, if you would heal, look at it, there'd be such a great miracle. Faith would grow. People like people would come. Wouldn't that be awesome? Right? Yet. There, there's some of these things that I, I just don't know. I don't know if you guys know, know my wife and I's story about our daughter, Araya. And uh, she, she was healed of a, and, and just experienced a, a, an amazing provision from God. And I don't know why. why. Why, God, did you heal Araya, but not Tracy? I don't get it. I don't get it. There's nothing that makes that that makes one more special or, or than, than the. I, I don't. I don't get it. I, it. Why God? Does some? Why does sometimes God relieve a headache but not heal cancer? Why does sometimes when I, when I pray in the name of Jesus, it seems like nothing happens? I don't know. It's so frustrating and difficult, but. There are some things that I do know. And in, in the midst of all this, there are some things that I do know. And, and that is that God is still faithful. Right? Come on. God is still faithful. God is still trustworthy. God upholds and keeps his promises. God is still good. And he moves and he works for the good of those who love him. I believe it and I know it with everything in me. And you know what else I know? I know that, that the eternity is far better than what we can imagine here. I know this. I know that, that, that God is the great redeemer. Come on. I know that God is the great redeemer and that he can take the worst situation and make it good. You guys know that with me? Come on. I know that that God is completely in control. And I know that God is good. And even in the worst situations, somehow those two truths can hold hands. And, and, and there's, so, there's so many things that I don't know. There's so many things I can't answer But I do know that faith trusts. Faith trusts God. And and faith does not... The the problem is, is that oftentimes we trust what God does instead of who God is. So many times we have faith in what God does, not who He is. Is And that's where we get lost. Knowing that God is still good, even when your situation is not. In response to, to Tracy's uh, aneurysm and then in, 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 in before she died, I was talking to Susie who is uh, one of Tracy's many best friends. And uh, Susie, I, I asked her to just to share a little bit about what God was speaking to her during this time. And she said, From the moment I knew the seriousness of Tracy's situation, I, pr- I found my prayers were for her daughter, Mary Margaret. I prayed, Lord, I don't understand how this could be the best 
For Mary, I can't see it. It doesn't make sense. This is dumb. This is stupid. And in those moments of prayer, though, I felt the Lord saying, where is your faith? I, I, I felt the Lord not saying, where is your faith, but saying instead, do you trust me? Over and over again, always, he was asking me the same thing. Do you trust me? And then God began to show me throughout that week how he was taking care of Mary Margaret in the present and his plans for her future. Every day something would come up and I knew he was going to make this right. God met me where I was mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. He showed me that faith sometimes looks like trusting even though it seems like everything has gone wrong. Our faith is not based on what God does, but who he is. It doesn't hang on him answering this, providing this miracle. It hangs on the cross and what he's already done of who he is, of how he gave his son. Our faith is not for a moment. It's for a journey. Our faith Trust in God, no matter what the situation looks like around us. We're going to have the band come up and you'll stand with me. See, why does God heal some people and not others? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know the, the, the perfect will of God. I, maybe sometimes it's faith. Maybe sometimes it's God's will. Maybe sometimes... I, there's, there's so much that, that plays into it. And there seems to be an exception for every rule. And, and all I want and, and what I fight for is, is I'm like, God, I, I, I want to see this. And I find that if my faith, if our faith is dependent on God to do what we want Him to do, that's not faith. That's a transactional agreement. That's an exchange of goods. I give you faith. And I, and I find myself reasoning with God and going, God, I, I, I want to have the, the biggest faith. And I want to the, the, pursue you and, and go to you with the greatest humility. And I want to I go with, in, in the name of Jesus. And I want to go with, the, with a zeal that doesn't hold back. And God, I want, and, if, and, if I, and if I go with all these things and if I concoct this perfect plan, then, then God's going to answer it, right? And I find when I do that, I don't, I don't want God, I want a genie. I want a, a power source that somehow, some way, if I rub the lamp just the right way, if I word it just the right way, that I can control what happens. That's what, and, and I find, and, and it's challenging as it is, but who is in control? And as much as I go, God, this is what makes sense to me. This is what, it, it makes so much sense to me. Why don't you do it like this? And I'm going to pray for it. And God wants to hear your prayers. God wants to hear your heart. Yet, He is still in control. And we are still going to trust. And we will continue the faith. Amen? Amen. I believe that we must pursue Jesus with a faith that believes in the unbelievable. 
And we must pursue Jesus with a faith that makes us move as if it's already happened. And with a faith that trusts, even, even if he doesn't come through. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said this best. They, they, they're getting threatened with being thrown into the fire. And, and King Nebuchadnezzar's like... One more chance. Bow down to me. Bow down to my idols. And what do they say? They say, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue because it's not about what God does. It's about who he is. And that's where I'm pursuing. That's what my faith is in. And who God is. He is worthy. You are not. Your idols are not, King Nebuchadnezzar. My God is worthy. And that's what he's standing on. That's what we need to stand on. I believe our faith can be greater. I believe our belief can be greater. I believe our movement can be greater. And I believe our trust can be greater as a church. That we can be the church that... That, that e- e- even though I can't... What we're going to be doing here in just a little bit, I'm going to give an altar call for... for and and, and one, of it, it, one of the calls is going to be for healing. And specifically, if you have a chronic disease, like this woman had, that for, for us to pray for healing... And I believe, in fact, I know... Healing has already occurred. This morning in the services, amazing things have happened. God has moved in incredible ways. And I, but, but I can't guarantee. I don't control God. You can't control God. I can't guarantee. But what I do know is that without faith, nothing would have happened. So I want to say real quick. First, first, first call this isn't even even come out of your seats, come onto the altar. This is just, man, who here in this room goes, I, I just don't know if I have that kind of faith. In Mark 9, 23 through 24, we see a man who goes to Jesus and he doesn't have a great faith. His son is demon-possessed, keeps getting thrown into fires, and, 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 and it's terrible. And he goes to Jesus and he says, hey, if you can, will you heal? And this is Jesus' response. He says, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. And the father instantly cried out, hey, I do believe. Please help me overcome my unbelief. And I, I think this is a prayer that is so honorable, that is so raw, that is so humble. That in, in, in I believe if you need to pray this prayer right here, God, I need to believe. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. If you go, I need to pray this prayer. I need some, I need some greater faith. I need to believe. God, help me with my unbelief. Help me with my faith. Help me to believe. Help me to live like it. Help me to move like it. And I just want you to begin praying right there. Just calling it out right now. Calling out, God, I declare, will you build up the faith of this church? Will you build up the faith of these people? God, that you are able. You are able, God. And I pray for a a rising up of faith in this house. A rising up of faith in this house. That this church would be known for believing in you, not in the world. For following you, 
not the world, for looking at you, not what the world gives us. In Jesus' name, I pray an increase of faith by the Holy Spirit's power, by your power in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And what I want to do here, I want to do... We see these, we see these people coming into contact with Jesus. And what happens? They're healed. They're resurrected. And, and so I want, I want to have this time. If, if our altar workers can come forward. And uh, th- this next call is going to be if you need healing. For anything. Physically. Emotionally. Mentally. Whatever it may be. If you need healing. I want you to come forward. Specifically, if you have a chronic illness, a chronic disease that you want to believe for healing for, come on forward. Come on forward. In the balcony, we'll wait for you. Come on forward. And you can come to come come to one of these altar workers and find them. And we're going to believe. And we're going to move. And we're going to trust that God is going to move. Right? Come on. Come on forward. Come on forward. And, and, and now what I want, as, as the, the people who are believing for healing come forward. I want those of you in this room who raised your hand and I want those of you in this room who goes, I got the fire of faith. I'm believing for it. If you're believing, I want you to join these altar workers up at the altar. Come on forward. And ladies, put your hands on ladies. Guys, put your hands on guys. And you, you, you are going to pray for this healing. You are going to be the faith that moves. You are going to be the faith that changes. Come on forward. If you raise your hand, if you got the fire for faith, if you got the fire for this healing, come on. We got the whole church surrounded. Come on. We got the whole church surrounded. And, 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 and one last thing, one last thing before we start this song is if you have never put your faith, the greatest miracle is not, is, is not healing. It is salvation. The greatest revelation is not the faith for healing. It's the faith for salvation. If you've never put your faith in God, I want you to come forward as well. I want you to come forward as well. And I want you to find one of these altar workers. And they will talk to you. They will guide you through this. But right now, if you're, if, if you're still in your seat, I want for all of us to declare in faith over these people at the altar. And we're going to sing. We're going to worship. We're going to believe. We're going to move. And we're going to trust in God. Amen.